When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. talking tennis what an intro that was this is wta weekly my name is Jakubo Bro. i am joined by damian kust damian how are you doing are you just so so hyped after that yeah <laughs> i mean after that intro i mean i i really feel like we were going to disappoint you you know this was this was just so grandiose and you know the cameos from tennis players uh, Elina Vanessian at the end, of course, the main star, but no, Andy Mare, um, Alex Correcia was, was it? Yeah. And Correcia was there as well, yeah. Incredible Just stuff, yeah. The creme de la creme of the tennis society. Um, we have tournaments to discuss. You were at one of them in Warsaw, where I think we should probably start, uh, where, of course, Iga Świątek won the whole thing as expected. <clears throat> Beating Laura Sigmund 
six love six one in the final an absolute beat down to finish it wasn't always easy though she was challenged a little bit in the first round by Abdurraimova she was challenged even more uh by Yanina Wickmeyer in the semifinals who had a great run uh pushed her in the second set to a to a tiebreak set but yeah what, what was it like watching the live what was the reaction overall and and how did you what, what did you think about her her game there um yeah in general it's super fun to watch her live i think uh i haven't really had that many chances to do it at least not as many as you would expect um sort of before she broke through onto the tour uh, i was not like fully into um you know polish tennis and that i was only like really watching it on tv or like watching i don't know challengers or something but i wasn't really following um you know youngsters juniors um as i do right now in a more um in-depth fashion so i uh, actually my first chance to watch fiantec live was last year in warsaw <laughs> so so this was only my second opportunity um certainly it is quite an experience you know the, the the stroke production quality is just sort of breathtaking and um yeah the forehand is just a monster and um always like um i, I always think that's like a bit of a cheat code it it, it just all sounds really like it her strokes when she actually sets up for them well they just seem very safe but at the same time they are you know some of the best one of the some of the best in the game when it comes to the power and also the spin so um yeah it, it, it's just a ridiculous watch live i think um you know people go to warsaw to watch iga like they don't go to warsaw to watch tennis so obviously her matches just get incredible crowd um this is actually the, the the stadium where the where the event is played out it's the biggest one in poland that's like all year long dedicated to tennis because we've had some mm -hmm. bigger venues for like davis cup or fed cup but or Beijing king cup but this is the biggest one when it comes to just purely tennis all year long it's um with with all the stands that they also just get for the event it's like over 4k people i think so so it is pretty huge and like they all come there for Świątek, which has its own merits and <laughs> has its own uh well not merits <laughs> and um well that that's maybe something uh, you know for, for later but just just when it comes to Świątek, of course we were expecting her to win the title um maybe the the switch to hard courts like you could kind of um you know you weren't really sure what the conditions were going to be like because this is this was the first year when they um, when they played it on hard courts. Last year it wasn't clay. Uh, they made the switch in order to well attract a better field, but but also uh, to get Iga to like you know just play every year. Because just in terms of calendar, in terms of scheduling, it makes a lot more sense for her. So we were expecting her to win it. She did it in style, but as you said, Nigina Abduraimova, Janina Wikmeyer, these were actual tests, and, and that's good, because uh, some of the matches, like against Noskova, Zygamund, they never really got interesting, right? And and then, honestly, I, I don't get that much pleasure out of watching, like, you know, the final against Zygamund. Uh, yeah, it, it just wasn't really something that got me going. Um, it while it mo was a masterclass, it was just far too lopsided. But there were certainly patches in this in the in these matches, like against Abduraimova, Vikmayer, where she where she had to work hard, and she delivered on every single um, you know every single time. So so I think it's still a positive week, even if um, not much really um, like could have been done. Like who 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 could have stopped her in this draw, you know? But well, she 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 does it. 
And clearly it was also very emotional for her, right? With the well, she's basically from Warsaw, she's from Russian, which is like super close to Warsaw. And the um, the feeling of playing with the Polish crowd is certainly uh something that um was pretty tough for her in the in the past. Like she had a couple of even on these very courts, she had a couple of very weird performances like five years ago or something. Um, obviously back then it wasn't clay but she had like a retirement where people said that she just got you know fostered by something and and retired without any physical issues or like um yeah a, a pretty random loss so um yeah it was it was pretty huge for her as well mentally i think to to eventually get there and yeah play her best tennis in in warsaw because she she was never really able to do it in the past and she talked about it a lot at the uh, the press conferences yeah. Uh, so, what, what, what do you think it was about Vikmeyer uh, that sort of pushed her more than, than maybe Sigmund? Sigmund, I was curious about. You know, she has a lot of variety. I saw a stat that she had like the the second most net approaches in a single tournament uh, all year on the WTA. Uh, really? So what, what, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I think she had like eighty-one, and then Mukhova and Indian Wells was the only one who had who had more. Not not counting slams, of course, uh, since they're longer. But yeah, what, what do you think it was about about Wickmeyer that that sort of pushed Iga more than than the likes of Sigmund? Um, honestly, just how good a ball striker she is, I think. Uh, also, the, the you know the serve as well is great. But uh, I was just absolutely stunned by Janina Wickmeyer this this year, uh, sorry this week and this year as a whole. But uh, you guys probably know that I don't watch all that much women's tennis, uh, like on a weekly basis, especially compared to the men's. So like I was mostly following Vic Meyer's run resurgence from uh, FR, you know, just just seeing like a match or two and uh, yeah, just seeing how good the scores and the titles that she amassed were. Uh, but this was, um, I, I think she was the second best performer of the of this event easily. I think she was the toughest test for Sviantek as well. Even though, of course, this could have been a, a very easy match if Sviantek had like, I don't know, six one. She was six one five to up, right? She had three match points at five three. So this this didn't even have to go until Sunday. Uh, but yeah, Vikmaya just has a very good serve, and after that, just plays this sort of ruthless uh, aggression. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that she got to the net so much uh, against Sviantek. She actually wasn't that efficient at the net. Um, but it, oh, I maybe maybe I actually didn't tweet uh, tweet about it eventually. But um, I think that wasn't really her fault. Uh, I think it was just that you know, in order to hit through Sviantek, she had to hit like so many low margin shots uh, that at some point she just decided um, at some point in a rally that perhaps wasn't really perfect for it. She just decided, okay, I'm not I'm not gonna hit through her. I mean, I've just hit four huge forehands. What am I gonna do? Uh, let's go to the net. And then eventually, like, she, she wouldn't really get the, the best possible first volley and etc. cetera. Uh, Shviontek's defense was, is just so good, you know, her, her movement that she gets all of these huge forehands back with interest. And yeah, I, ju I just don't think she ever really was that comfortable on the volley against Shviontek, mostly because she didn't, um, yeah, she just didn't get easy balls uh, from, from the pulse side. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not surprised that she get to that so much. And that's also in four matches, right? So that's that's pretty interesting that um Mukhova at Indian Wells, how many did she how many how many matches did she play there? I'm I'm not really sure. But uh, it's probably like five, right? Because I think she 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 didn't get to the semis. So I think it's five. Um 
Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that it was going to be so huge in regards to the whole WTA Tour of 2023. Uh, but yeah, she just, she just plays uh, some very aggressive tennis and um, it, was, it was really a brilliant watch. I think that match against Fiontek in the semis, besides maybe the second set tiebreak, was definitely the highest quality tennis I've, I've seen um, all week in Warsaw. And by the way, I also did some... Um, like reading up on Janina Wickmeyer, of course, when uh, when I saw how how well she was playing, like even from the even from the opening round, which honestly against now Hibino, I think I only saw two games of uh, the last two games. But then I watched the the, the second round, um, you know, in full, and and she was ridiculous. Um, so I did some reading up on her. Like I I never really truly realized um, how long she has been gone from the like top level. Uh, yeah, you know her yeah. her previous semi or a quarter. I can't remember what the stat was. Was like in 2017, uh, and mm-hmm. um, just watching her, you kind of don't understand why. Like I I know she uh, gave birth to a child and like um, you know had some injuries, but when when you just watch her out there, it's it sounds impossible that she was out for so long. And also, um, I found this interesting um, article from like 2011, I think, from Time which was called uh, 30, 30 Stars of Women's Tennis, The Past, The Present, and The Future, or something like that. And uh, Janina Wickmeyer was included as one of the future stars, like the 10 future stars of women's tennis by time, which sounds ridiculous when you think about it, but it kind of tells you like how respected she was you know, when she was just coming up onto the tour. I think she was in the US Open semis. Um, we also have a Polish connection because I think in maybe 2010, she totally crushed Poland in a Fed Cup as well, including Radwańska and Domachowska. So uh, yeah, it was super fun to watch her playing like this again. And I honestly completely forgot how good she, she was. Yeah, and I mean, she's been around for such a long time. She was in the US Open semis back in 2009. Um, so oh, that's, it, but that's Ziegemund, not 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 Vic Meyer in that stat that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was I was I was talking about Ziegemund. Oh, uh, that's that. I not, thought not, not Vic Meyer, no. Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> How did this happen? Uh, why didn't you stop me? <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, Ziegemund, I, I, I Ziegemund makes sense as well. Uh, Ziegemund yeah. makes even more sense, I would say. Yeah, I, I I thought we were talking about Zygmunt and you switched to Wickmeyer, but I thought maybe you were just talking about Wickmeyer the whole time. <laughs> I was talking about Wickmeyer the whole time, honestly, um, <laughs> because I thought that's who you were referring to, but never mind. No, no. Um, well, they're, they're not both Germans. Wickmeyer is Belgian, uh, John, but. Yeah, Sigmund um, also known for for a bit of you know dark arts, mental games. She likes to play. She got into an argument with Tatiana Maria in the semifinals. I saw about her uh, being late, um, yeah. uh, like like being uh, for for turns and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to just sort of bring up the the Jimmy Arias quote about Iga Swiatek. Uh, he said that she is not great for women's tennis because she wears her hat solo. That you can't even see her face or eyes during the match, so you don't get a connection as much as you could. Uh, he wants to see more personality from her. Um, do do you feel like that's echoed at all at, at, in like in Poland? Is she less beloved than somebody like Radwańska was, who you know had a, like a lot more personality on court than Iga does, but not as much success? Um. Uh... 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, Damian disappeared, seemingly, at least for me, uh, on the screen here. But... Yeah, I, I guess we'll just wait until he comes back. So far, I can probably go on a little bit of a Rebecca Shramkova monologue. Um, she was uh, the one who took out the second seat, Karolina Mukhova. Then uh, is back. Yeah, um, sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened. Uh, StreamYard just uh, just decided to throw me out uh, randomly. But uh, when it comes to Świątek in Poland, like, the, the boom right now that we have on tennis here is nothing like um, it, it's just incomparable to to what we had a couple of years ago. You know this this is just entirely new. She's basically Robert Lewandowski level level of famous right now. Oh, like in in polls, um, well in polls about polls, <laughs> uh, when when they ask people like which sports uh, pers- sports people they know, uh, she basically comes in at like rates just like Lewandowski and, um, you know, better than ski jumpers. Uh, so uh, it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And as I said earlier, it's definitely interest in Świątek rather than tennis. Uh, but mm-hmm. when it comes to Jimmy Arias, um, it, yeah, I, I just think it's utter BS, um, obviously. I, I, everyone besides Jimmy Arias probably thinks that. Uh, of course, yeah. Shelton isn't like maybe the most marketable in like the you know the sense of the word. Like um, you know, she she won't earn as much money on um, you know sponsorships as I don't know um, Naomi Osaka still does while not playing, right? But that's not really the point. I think I think she still has so many brands that that uh, want to get involved with her. Uh, the personality, I think, it still shines through. Like it's not really forced. You know, she is a bit of an introvert. She doesn't really share all that much. I think also the um, the team, especially the the sports psychologist Daria Abramovich, is like trying to keep her away from med- the media and the whole thing. Um, but that doesn't really mean that she doesn't show personality, right? I mean, um, yeah, I I don't really see a problem there. Like compared to, uh, I think sometimes people uh, compare her to Casper Ruud in this sense. I think she's still. Um, like has a lot more going for her in terms of being maybe like a yeah a, a popular um, tennis player that really speaks out to people, and that's not to say Ruth doesn't. Maybe it's just the fact that he doesn't get get doesn't get as much coverage, you know. Uh, but yeah, I I don't really see how having a hat on is is relevant at all. You can still see her facial expressions. I mean, she is actually pretty expressive, right? So. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's absolutely fine, and I I don't I don't see any issue regarding this. And by the way, I don't know if we're gonna come back to this, but this uh, Ziegemund thing, um, eighty four net approaches. This is actually very explainable. And uh, basically, in on Saturday, because we had this, um, well, we had some issues with rain. 
I, I've been to Warsaw for this, well, not for this tournament, but for a tennis tournament now for the third year in a row. Um, two years ago on the very same courts, there was a challenger. One year ago was this, you know, the first edition in Warsaw of this uh, BNP Paribas Warsaw Open or however it's called. And now this one. Every single time it's raining, so uh, <laughs> there seems to be some sort of a microclimate there or whatever. But anyway, uh, on Friday, uh, they moved uh, the doubles semis and the doubles quarters to um, to like an indoor venue, and they only left two singles uh, quarterfinals on the schedule. One of them wasn't even finished, so there was a lot of stuff happening on Saturday. And Laura Ziegemund. Um, she started at 10 a.m. She played for over three hours against Lucrezia Stefanini. And then she got back onto the court at like 4 p.m. And she played for three hours against Tatiana Maria. And at various parts of these matches, especially the latter, she was so tired that she was basically net rushing on almost every single point. So, okay, yeah, that, that, there that you have it. And yeah. against Fiontek, I think she would have tried to do that as well. But it would be uh, like, like she, she just wasn't able yeah, to do it because... Match. Yeah. Sviantek is just not going to give you the, this much of like this much freedom. You're not going to be able to uh, follow up your aggressive shots to the net because 90% of the points you're not even playing an aggressive shot. So, um, so, so yeah, that, that's why she got so many. You know, she played two long thrillers in a row, and a big part of them was net approaches. But yeah, Laura Zygmunt has always been like a a player known for her variety, right? I mean, when she was winning that uh, Stuttgart WTA 500, making the final either the following year or the or the year before that, um, I think that was really what sort of um, you know differentiated her from I don't know Pliskova or whoever did well in these years as well. That that she was really uh, you know using all of these drop shots and yeah wrapping up points at the net. Um, obviously, uh, she also, it's not like she's the most varied player on the WTA Tour because in this very event, she played Tatiana Maria and Maya Kvalinska, for example, right? Uh, but yeah, having two long thrillers where part of her strategy to shorten the points was going to the net uh, definitely played its part um, in, in this statistic, uh, which I initially thought you were talking about Vic Meyer, which I'm assuming that Vic Meyer also had like 50 net approaches or something in this event, because, you know, yeah. that, that's also part she, of the she, game. She also won the doubles as well. Yeah. Uh, Vic Meyer with, with, with Heather Watson. Uh, so yeah, she, I mean, she was a huge, huge tournament for her. Also a huge tournament. While you were gone, I started talking about, a bit about her. Radoka Shramkova, who took out the, the second biggest favorite for the title here, Karolina Mukhova. Uh, seven five three six seven five, an insane comeback from five one down uh, in the deciding set. Uh, after the match, she said two words: "Women's tennis." Uh, when when asked about that comeback, uh, took took a set off Tatiana Maria. I wasn't expecting her to really follow up that win because she, she never really does. Uh, but yeah, what were your thoughts on on Shamkova watching her there? I think I told you that on Twitter like during the week, but I was surprised to learn that she hasn't been to the top 100. I think there's definitely been players who like have even made some main tour impact and don't have that sort of an upside. And yeah, that, that match against Muhovao is, of course, something that is going to stick with me as well. I said that Vic Meyer Świątek was probably the highest quality tennis I've watched all week, but this was probably the entertainment <laughs> entertainment peak, right? Um, and um, it, it's not that it was poor in terms of quality, definitely not, and especially not like the, the last six games. You would usually expect that if someone leads 5 1, uh, has how many match points? Six, five, um, something like that. Many, uh, many, many. 
yeah has, has many many match points you would usually think that it's a choke right and i don't i'm not even sure it was that you know shamkova was still playing very aggressively but just wouldn't miss at all and yeah she wanted seven five which was of course a huge shocker i think uh, for the tournament it was a bit of a hit as well uh but eventually it actually panned out quite okay because yeah you had vic Meyer as a pretty big name you had noskova playing shiontek as a pretty big name and then of course the semi was finished on on on, on sunday right if the only action with Shviontek that we got on Sunday was the Zygamund final, then we would be like, uh, yeah, that's that's not amazing. But we actually got um, got something else, even if it was just three games, right? The drama in the in the fact that they had to come back onto the court at six one five five. But yeah, yeah um, and, and, and break and everything. Yeah, yeah, I I think it made made up for it. But uh, <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, it's only seven letters. But uh, yeah, Shramkova just an incredible comeback, and um, I, I don't know if I can, uh, if I'm gonna say that like I'm gonna become a fan of her or something. But definitely respect her a lot more than I did uh, before this week, and um, this has to be like one of her best wins, um, you know, regardless oh, of yeah. the ranking. But I think even even when it comes to the rankings, this is her second best ever win after after Kvitova in Prague two years ago or something like that. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, taking in, taking into consideration how she did it, uh, it, it has to be, uh, the, you know, perhaps the best one of her career. So, so yeah, ridiculous stuff, really. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Kvitova in Prague, she she also had, like, a, like a Fed Cup win back in, I'm trying to remember, uh, against Italy. I think she beat Sara Erani before Erani declined. Uh, that much, but it was uh, indoor clay, which which always felt like suits her a lot more. She she, she likes to have time, but she also likes it, you know, a, a little bit faster uh, for for her ground strokes. But yeah, I mean, the the potential is definitely there. Uh, she still might have, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a sustained run that brings her to the top one hundred. We'll we'll see. She's only twenty six. Uh, it's it's not all over for her just yet, but. Uh, yeah, she just hasn't really shown that consistency uh, at, at any point in her career, unfortunately. Anything else we want, that we want to talk about from, from Warsaw? Um, yeah, I, I had something, but I'm not sure. Um, what was it? Uh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I know what I want to talk about. Um, two things. Well, one is that besides Sviantek, no Paul in the singles, which was a bit of a disappointment especially considering that in the 2021 and 2022 edition, there was actually quite a lot of, um, you know, um, well, I don't know if runs, but certainly at least exciting matches with the Poles. But then again, if you think about the fact that, you know, Frank and and, um, Lynette didn't play it. So like, you know, the, the Polish number two, the Polish number three didn't show up. So um, I guess it's fine, you know, we we just sort of give the players a chance to do something and grab more experience, but they're not going to do it. But this kind of um, this this kind of ties into what I also have to talk about in that this event now has a very like unstable future. Right? And uh, that's because like without Świątek, it just doesn't make sense whatsoever. Uh, people just wouldn't really show up. And it's not only fans, you know. Uh, it's it's very sad that even like the media doesn't care about um, other matches like whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. There, for example, yeah. I mean, I can I can come up with many examples for this, but let's let's start with this. Karolina Muchova um, has a press conference after her first round match, right? And she shows up, 
and really plenty of people come and she's like oh if i knew there were there was going to be so many journalists i would have taken a shower everyone laughs yeah and, and fine and then um you know the um how do you call this guy like the uh, moderator talks to talks to her for a while and he says that um sorry uh ladies and gentlemen but we're only going to have three questions for muhava so you know choose wisely <laughs> and uh well so so of, of course i raise my hand uh, i ask the the first question and then it turns out that no one else has anything else to ask to the Roland Garros um, runner-up, right? Uh, I mean, someone saved the situation by asking her whether she's going to watch Iga Świątek's match, which isn't a great question, but, you know, he was... I, I, I understand. He was just trying to, um, you know... Um, yeah, to save us from looking like dumbasses. But anyway, uh, that that's only one thing. Like, you know, the, the um, media stand or something like that, like, usually is just fully empty. And uh, the only time, uh, you know, people show up is Świątek's matches. Like, I understand that many of the journalists there aren't going to be tennis fans. But there are also tennis fans there. Like, I, I know there are, there are actually people, like, super interested in tennis who still only watch Świątek's matches. And it, it's kind of sad. But it also, um, like, means that if Świątek was, was not going to compete, I'm not sure people would buy the tickets. Like, I, I'm actually kind of sure they wouldn't. At least not at these prices. Uh, so, um, yeah. Now you have a, a photo from, from the tournament for me. But that you have some... Like, like the crowd is pretty full. But that's because Świątek was about to come, on, come onto the court. And um, basically that, that, that's what it was. Um, then again, I also really understand that like hype, interest, they have to be generated organically, I would say. Uh <laughs> They have to be generated organically. <laughs> we can hear this uh, sound. You know? uh, but yeah, it's, it's hype and interest have to be generated organically. And like when, um, if you show a certain tennis event or a certain tennis match to a thousand of people, most of them probably aren't going to, I don't know, turn on another one uh, tomorrow, right? But two or three are. And that's how you, in general, inter interest people in anything. So, yeah, this event, I mean, is, is still going to improve this situation. Like, maybe some people are going to get invested in tennis, not only Świątek. Uh, but, yeah, the big question is what happens if Świątek is not going to play it. And maybe we're going to see it next year because we have the situation of the Paris Olympics, right? And um, mm -hmm. if the tournament stays in this current time slot on hard courts, it's just not going to work. The, the 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 players aren't gonna come. Świątek isn't gonna come, and uh, yeah, I I don't even think the WTA will want to have something like this, right? So I don't know. Maybe you uh, move it back to clay, which would be ridiculous given how my, how uh, much it costs to you know to, to build these hard courts. Maybe you mm. move it to a different slot in the calendar. That's something that the WTA has to like agree on, and uh, I don't know if it's gonna be possible. Maybe you just don't hold it next year and come back in 2025. That could be a possibility. I don't know. But um, yeah, if, if Świątek isn't here, at least for now, it's just not going to exist. So there is a faint chance that maybe this was the last time we actually got this event. And maybe this was the last time Świątek gets to play a WTA 250 in Poland. Who knows? It's, um, it's something we cannot really say. But definitely 2024 looks like a problem for the tournament for now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's certainly not a, not a good situation to 
to be in. Um, but I think Shaley just out, outside of next year, whatever it ends up being, whether they move it, whether they don't move it at all, I think that there's no reason why she shouldn't play it in 2025, 2026, and so on. Um, yeah. At least in theory, you know, like we'll see how she handles, uh, you know, Montreal right now. She actually wouldn't say when she was going to travel to Montreal, like on which day, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, that's the sort of fandom that she has in Poland right now. Like if yeah, she I was said, say, don't, don't, don't dox herself for, for her flight. Probably. Yeah. If, if she said, uh, then people would have been, I don't know, staking out the airport or something. So, yeah um basically she she wouldn't really say but of course it's not it's going to be like today or tomorrow and um yeah we'll see how she handles the north american hardcore season this time last year it was just absolutely crazy because she had to jump between surfaces back and forth right so mm -hmm. so it didn't make sense for her whatsoever now it's probably fine for her to play here i agree uh it's like you know the goals that there are basically two goals like promote tennis and also of course win points win the title uh and i think they are sort of uh, you know on the same level <laughs> probably but yeah if, if it's on hard courts and if there's no olympics on clay in the meantime there's definitely a high chance that she will continue playing this event and uh, also, it, it's not um, going to be uh, stopped by the new WTA rules, right? Because there are the new WTA rules that are like top 10 players... Um, what is it? Top 10 players cannot play 250s? Unless it's like in your home country and there's no 500s or something like that, right? I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. remember what exactly it is. But, but definitely, Świątek is still going to be able to play Warsaw under this new uh, eligibility rule, yeah. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we can move on to Hamburg, uh, where we have a short clip from Desiree. If John will queue it up, we will play that for you now. Hello, Desiree Fields reporting from Hamburg. What an incredible week of tennis we witnessed at the Hamburg European Open last week. There were so many fairy tales and so many dreams come true. I think one of the most amazing stories of the tournament was watching 19-year-old Noma Noha Akuye go all the way to the finals. Now, this is the 19-year-old young German who was granted a wild card into the tournament. Prior to the tournament, she was ranked 207 in the world. And at the beginning, it was all rather unassuming. Nobody really expected very much, um, but she very calmly proceeded through the tournament. And I was lucky enough to be there for the semifinals where she convincingly beat uh, Schneider. Um, and then that took her into the finals, of course. What was incredible to see, actually, the German crowds are very fair in terms of putting both players, but really that crowd carried, I think, Noma to the finals and was very supportive. In the finals itself, it was a little bit um, sad to see that in the first set, Noma obviously had a bit of nerves going on. Um, she lost the first set 6-0. 
but there's nothing to really be disappointed about because she had a spectacular run. Nobody thought she would end up in the finals and be the most successful German lady actually in this year's tournament. And actually in the second set, she put on such a convincing performance that I think if that had been the first set, she probably would have actually had a pretty good chance to win the same. She really just had to have those nerves settle. I don't think this is the last that we would have seen of the young German. She is highly talented, she's really driven, and she has a lovely personality as well. Um, so looking forward really to see how her journey continues. Yeah, thank you to Desiree for, for that little clip there. And we, we should start, of course, with Noma, Noha Akuwe. She was the biggest star, the, the, the biggest story uh, of this whole event. Started by beating Laura Pigosi in the first round, 7-5-6-4. They had a bit of a crazier imagining storm. Hunter, uh, love 6-7-6-6-4. Six, 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 uh, beat Martina Trevisan in the quarterfinals, 5-7-4-7-5. That was the match that really sort of put her on the on the radar for me as, okay, this is a, an impressive run. Uh, I think they had some sort of a bit, bit of a conflict where, where Trevisan didn't really want to shake her hand. I, I saw something about uh, Akukwe maybe maybe hitting her with a, with a ball or something accidentally. Uh, beats Diana Schneider in the semifinals as well. Lost to Arange Carus in the final, but yeah, what did you make of this run for Nomanoha Akubwe? Yeah, um, definitely she's been like a player who people recommended to me a couple of years ago and like, you know, said that potentially she could have a very high upside. She definitely has that. Uh, you know, she, she's got a pretty huge game naturally. And uh, also, you know, being lefty um, and um, still moving very well. Uh, you, you would feel that it should be more repeatable than, than it's been on the tour. So maybe this is the start of something. Um, definitely, like, you know, it, it, I think if you throw her into, like, more main tour events, she would be still getting wins. But at the same time, of course, she's not really, you know, putting up consistent ITF results. But it makes a lot of sense with her game profile, I think. And, yeah, having a run like this in, in Hamburg, of course, is just, you know, compared to any result, basically, that she's had so far, it's it's just night and day, so... Um, yeah, quite a showing, and um, especially as you said that that win over Trevisan, very like drawn out, and also I think against Storm Hunter, she had another um, another great comeback too. Um, would have to agree that in the final, you know, she she probably felt the nerves a little bit, and like the more controlly play style of of Arantxarus felt uh, just fared much better in the under these circumstances. Yeah, um, interestingly enough, she just has one professional title. I feel like she, she has made uh, quite a few finals on the ITF tour uh, yeah. and doesn't really uh, manage to, to close out these events. So I wasn't really expecting her to uh, sort of change that pattern uh, in the final against Anash Karuz, who is, of course, such an experienced player, is 32 years old, uh, known as a bit of an ITF uh, vulture. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's pretty fair to say that 34 uh, ITF titles in her career uh, including from this year I mean earlier this month she was like an ITF 40 uh, that she won in, in Hague uh, and you know she, she's like she was top 60 at that point she's top 50 now um, won uh, Contractsville as well earlier this month uh, those, are you counting the strong. are you counting the one twenty fives to the ITF titles or? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess, I, I guess yeah, that, that, yeah. Out. That's not ITF, but um, it, the only reason I'm yeah. mentioning this is because there's this. I mean, I don't know how to call it. Um, I guess it's a stat that Arantxa Rus actually has as many ITF titles as 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 many years she has. Uh, so that's okay. That, that that's quite <laughs> ridiculous, you know. But uh, yeah, I I, I I definitely have to agree that in her case, sometimes um, the 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 phrase vulture was actually relevant because she used to play a lot of 25ks while still ranked yeah, like I don't but, know, but, the top back 100. in 2019 yeah, yeah. Back, back in 2019 she, she won 10 titles and, and like the majority of them were were 25ks and she, she was, was in the, the top, top 200 for all of that year like she she never fell yeah. out of the top 200 that year and yet still played at least 10 25ks and yeah she she is the record holder because of that along with dragos nicolae madaras now <laughs> Yeah, on this run, she started by beating Maria Timofeeva, the uh, Budapest champion from, from last yeah. week, 6-1 in the third. Beat Nadia Podoroska after that. She pushed her the hardest, 7-5 in the third. Took out Evalise, 6-2, 6-2. Daria Savile, who also had a great one to make it to the semis here, came back from a set down against her uh, before beating Noha Akugwe. Um, yeah, well, what do you make of Aranchero's finally breaking out and, and getting that main tour title that she's been waiting for all these years? Honestly, like for me, it's a it's a big feel good story. Um, I I've definitely enjoyed it a ton. Um, you know, the the fact that she is, uh, the 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 fact that she is thirty two, and you know, throughout her career, she basically hasn't been able to do, make any huge impact on the main tour. I think that's fair. You know, her biggest achievement on the main tour might have been beating Iga Świątek on clay just before she won Ron Garros for the first time. Uh, but yeah, this year she actually makes progress, right? She she wins two 125Ks, which she never did before. And now she has a main tour title as well. She gets into the top 50. That's, that's something incredible. That while I, I'm not even sure if she's improved her game all that much, but like, you know, the, the years of hard work eventually got her there. And uh, yeah, that, that's I, th- I think that's I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, she's now going to get to play, you know, these main tour events constantly, at least until uh, you know the spring or summer of 2024. So that's uh, that's just amazing for her. And yeah, she she was she was ready with the fi- in the final. This was her her first main main tour um, final as well, right? Just like with Noha Kugula. Uh, but at the same time, Rus has played like 50 singles finals in her professional career. So, <laughs> so she was probably equipped to handle this, even if uh, she had never played the main tour final. Um, I, in uh, in Warsaw, I actually talked to um, Veronika Falkowska, who made the WTA uh, doubles final. And mm-hmm. um, well, she um, I, I was I was doing like a two v two interview with her, Peter, and also with a friend of mine. And he asked her about like the emotions in regards to making that final because we were talking after uh, after the semis, and she's like, "What? My first final? No, I have already made three finals." And it, it I got confused for a moment. I was like, "Am I forgetting about something?" But he he instantly realized, and she was just talking about the 125k finals. So I don't know. Maybe Arancherus also treats it like this. You know, maybe maybe for her it's not really her first main tour title. Um, who knows? But uh, certainly she handled the occasion much better. And even if maybe not in main tour finals, she has a lot of experience in championship matches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she sure knows how she sure knows how to how to win a title, how to close the tournament out. 
um, let's talk about the semifinals here as well because they're both quite interesting. Diana Schneider, of course, we've had her uh, breakout first in Australia, coming through qualifying and then pushing Maria Sicari all the way. Uh, then she went back to college. She sort of had like a, like a couple of decent wins in, in Charleston. She beat Veronica Kudermetova. Um, in, in Budapest last week, she, she beat Bernanda Pera, who I think was the defending champion there. Uh, she ended up beating Pera again in the quarterfinals, 6-4 yeah. in the third. And Pera uh, was also the defending the... champion here, right? Because yeah, Pera won, uh, won back-to-back uh, Budapest. Well, I'm uh, down those rankings right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, any thoughts on, on Schneider sort of getting another decent run here? Her, her, her best run on a, on a WTA level uh, tournament so far. Yeah, um, obviously I'm very excited to see right now what she can do after um, after finishing that one year in college that she did sort of. Um, well, not, not, no one is really sure why, but you know, maybe, maybe it's like it actually benefits her. Uh, maybe getting that sort of training for about half a year, I suppose, because she wasn't really there for for a full year, right? And playing in the in the college scenarios, she can maybe maybe she can just take uh, you know the best out of that and um, use it on the main tour now. Who knows? It, it it doesn't seem like it hampered her at all. She was still playing quite a lot of um, you know WTA events, right? Compared to most mm-hmm. college players, she still appeared in Charleston. She still up, she still appeared in the at the Sunshine Double. Uh, of course, the Australian Open. So, um, so it's not like she was completely inactive, like most uh, most college players are uh, when they when they have the college season on. And yeah, uh, the two wins over Pera definitely stand out, you know. And then, as we said, Pera was the defending champ in both of these events. Uh, so, so they were kind of unlucky, I think, to run into each other so early in in both of them. Yeah, and then Daria Saddle, of course, uh, coming back from a long-term injury. I think she was out for nine months or so. Uh, came back in Birmingham where she won a match and lost three straight matches in a row to Buxa. Although they, they weren't bad losses. She she lost in straight sets to Katie Bolter at Wimbledon. And then she went to set up on Timofeeva in the first round last week in Budapest, of course, with Timofeeva going on to winning the title. Uh, this week she came through qualifying, beating Palitzova and Kraus. Then got a couple of nice matches beating Paolini. Um, then Tamara Korpa, Jula Niemeyer for the setup on Anandzka Rus as well. Any thoughts on, on Saddle here? Yeah, she, she basically hasn't been playing this year, right? So, um, so, so good that she finally has a run like this. Wasn't maybe necessarily expecting it, but of course, compared to most, um, most Australians, she is actually pretty decent on clay. And, um, yeah, just hopefully, hopefully that these all these injuries, um, all these injury issues are going to be behind her at this point, and she can just keep playing. Because last year, I think a lot of us were like really excited about her at some point, right? There was that sunshine double, and um, maybe even um, maybe even a couple of events after that, where everyone was just um, yeah, fully thinking that perhaps this is when she starts like playing up to her potential again. And then the health again didn't really allow her to, which has been the story of her career, sadly. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about from from Hamburg? Um, not really. Um, yeah. Cool that this event is now happening um, along with the men's, right? But I think that was also mm-hmm. the case in la- last year already. I think 2022 was when this happened for the first time. Yeah, and, and they do need it since Hamburg, you know, um, 
used to be a Masters 1000 event, used to be really big. Yeah. Uh, then sort of became like almost like a joke 500. It was like the weakest uh, 500 for, for a good few years, I think, in the, in the 2010s. It, it was seen as that. Uh, now it sort of gets like better better field, I think, than, than it did before with, mm. with Rude and uh, Rublev in there. Maybe, maybe, maybe good. like in 2010, right when Andrei Golubev won it, I think, like in initial, right after the um, this the switch, right? That that's probably yeah. And when, I mean, when, like when even, it had the weakest, even, even like the the, the Basilishvili, uh two years that he won there, Klesian, I think. Yeah, but I think I feel like the team maybe well. played in these editions or something, right? Or or someone, I don't know. Yeah, but but you're right that usually like relied on one big name like Nadal or Federer, right, to to be relevant. Yeah. And right now it doesn't really need it along with the women's and men's events at the same time. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, sure. Let's let's go on to to Lausanne where we had Elisabetta Cocceretto. Winning the title over Clara Burel, seven five four six six four came back from I think four two down uh, in the deciding set. It seemed like Burel was very much in the driver's seat. Uh, she had you know all, all all this different variety, but eventually started missing. Cochereto just took advantage and and went through her uh, there. Makes a top thirty debut. She started by beating uh, Celine Nath, coming back from a set down three six seven six six two. Beat uh, Julia Herrera in three sets, uh, in, in three sets as well. After that, uh, beat Avanesian Ana Bondar in the semifinals, six seven seven six seven five. So uh, quite a few matches that she had to grind out here, but gets the title. What did you think of Cochereto? Yeah, she's like the unlikely queen of altitude conditions. I not sure I really fully understand it. But of course, she's won two 125s in Mexico the past couple, of, like the, like the past year or so. And this, like Lausanne, is also pretty fast. Uh, I think, you know, the, these, these conditions tend to be like tricky. Um, it's tougher to keep the ball in play. And she just does that better than most players. I guess that's that's just how I understand it. That's That's how I try to explain it to myself. Uh, yeah, like just just look, just looking, you know, at it from that perspective. I guess maybe you shouldn't be surprised. And uh, frankly, I, I even at some point uh, thought that maybe one of these titles that she won in Mexico was a 250. I was actually I didn't realize that was her first title uh, up until this morning. I think so. Um, yeah, and 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 that that thriller against Bondar must have been something amazing in the semis, but unfortunately, I didn't get to see it. Yeah, uh, Burel had, had a bit of an easy road there, beat Danilovic in straight sets, Emanavaro in straight sets as well. Got a second set retirement from Anna Bogdan, uh, then had a big battle in the semis against Diane Paris, 4 6 7 6 6 3, two sort of uh, unorthodox, not, not unorthodox, but, but, like, but a little bit funky French players uh, in the semis there. And yeah, well, it was a breakup uh, in that final as well. Thoughts from Burel here? Yeah, I, I I'm still kind of waiting for for her to to break through, right? I think everyone is uh, finally mm -hmm. up to like sixty something in the rankings. Um, I I loved like how um you know her game has a bit of like a pocket rocket feel to it. Um, definitely a huge forehand and something that, um, well you can see why she's inconsistent, but you can also see why people at some point thought that she might be like the next big thing when she was the junior world number one. 
Uh, we'll see how far she can actually go from here. But but yeah, I think there's there's a lot of untapped potential there still. And um, I actually also did not realize that this is her second WTA final, and this was also her second final in Lausanne. Uh, but yeah, then again, you know, fast clay, that's that's good for her too. So maybe it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Diane Paris was, was right there with her. She beat Fina Ferro uh, in, the, in the first round, 6-2 uh, in the third. Uh, takes a Danka Kovinic and Alize Korne after her. Was also up on, on Burel. Um, and yeah, well, one of these last players that we have on the on the women's side with the one-handed backhand, uh, almost a, a, a relic of a, of a time long past yeah. uh, with her game. But yeah, what did you think of her week here? Yeah, she should be like uh, you know driving the, the flag for um, for one-handed backhand players on the on the WTA side for years, I suppose. Right now in the top two hundred, I think it's just her and Tatiana Maria. So. Um, Tatiana Maria, you you barely see her play the one-hander, and of course she's like 35. So um, yeah, basically there's not not much hope besides uh, Diane Parry. Um, I guess in recent years we also had the Australian Open runner-up Veronika Basak, but uh, no, that doesn't it doesn't seem like she's going to make it in the pros at this point in time. So yeah, it's basically just Diane Parry when it comes to talented youngsters, and also uh, another. French number with French former junior number one, right? With Burel. So that was a very exciting uh, semi final, I think, uh, especially for, for French fans, you know, to get the, the final between the two French number ones, which haven't quite um, like met the expectations yet. But of course, they're still young enough to, you know, to, to a point like where you can think that. Um, there's still plenty of chance for them to to start. Well, maybe not winning slams or something, but you know, just become um, maybe um, yeah, just become bigger, um, like have a bigger impact on the main tour that they have so far. I think uh, Parry doesn't have a ch- have a final at the WTA level yet, right? But she she had a few matches this year, like at the what was it the French where she was playing that well? No, what, what was that? Um, uh, I think it was like just before the French, right? That she won that one. Oh yeah, yeah. She, and... she, 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 she won a she won a title in in Paris, right? Yeah, and 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 then she um and then she crushed Kalinina in the opening round at the French. Like yeah. that was probably um yeah her strongest moment of the year. Yeah, and then of course the year before she she Krejcikova when Krejcikova was the was a defending champion. Uh, at Roland Garros, of course, just going back to yeah, injury, yeah. but yeah, she, she has had she has some nice moments at, at the French already. Um, yeah, and the last semi finals we haven't spoken about yet was Anna Bondar. Uh, she beat Aliana Bolsova 6 1 6 3, took out Mira Andreva, who uh, some tipped to, to, to maybe to maybe win the event, uh, or, or at least go deep. She took her out in the second round in straight sets. Uh, also destroyed Tamara Zidanshek in the, the quarterfinals, 6 2 6 love, and then played out a, a marathon match against Kocheret. Also came very close to, to making the final herself there, Bondar. Yeah, um, I mean, such a weird year for her, right? I mean, probably one of the best, well, the best run of her career, I think, at Rome, now also Lausanne, but otherwise, mm-hmm. so many first round exits. Uh, yeah, I, I was super stunned that she beat Andrieva. Uh, seemed to me like the, the Russian could have a great chance at her first WTA two title in Lausanne. Um, not sure if you know what what happens if she beats Bondar. 
Uh, we're never going to know, but um, she definitely would have been among the main favorites still at that point. Yeah. Uh, anything else we want to talk about from, from Lausanne? The doubles was actually won by Bondar and Paris, so two of the semifinalists that we had uh, between semifinalists. Yeah. yeah, yeah, two of our losing semifinalists winning the, the doubles 6-2, 6-1 in the final as well, destroying Anshba in, in that huge... And I see that the Andreva sisters actually played doubles together as well, which I didn't see. They won five games uh, together, so probably sticking to singles is is better for them uh, as well. But yeah, if if that's all, I think that we can probably probably wrap this up. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Make I sure think we can like, also uh, mention that Jennifer Brady is making her oh, return right, to yeah, the yeah. WTA level next week. Uh, of course, she's already played, um, what was it, a hundred K, I think, in, in Granby. Uh, I actually watched both of these matches, uh, but her opponents were more unknown to me. So um, it, when, when, when in, the first, uh, in the first round she played, um, let me Google that quickly because I'm sorry, but I don't remember the name. Uh, yeah, when she played um, Kyoka Okamura in the opening round, I actually didn't really know if maybe Okamura was... Um, you know, just so nervous about playing a former Grand Slam runner-up that she, um, well, if she was maybe so nervous that that she just wasn't able to, you know, keep herself together. And um, still don't know because this was the only time I watched Okamura. <laughs> but then when she ran into um, Himeno Sakatsume, uh, she, you know, that that was already more of an indica- indicator, I think, even though she lost. That, that Brady is, well, one thing healthy and also still a fantastic ball striker. So uh, very excited to see her in that WTA Tour return. I think even if she, she lost in the second round in Grand B, this was a pretty uh, promising showing. So um, what's she going to do against Kalinina? Who knows? I wonder what the odds are on this match, right? Like, what uh, do you do? do, do, do so, so, so right, right now, it's about one fifty for for Kalimina and, and uh, two sixty to two seventy. Sounds for, fair. For sounds fair. You cannot really say that Brady is the favorite, but she 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 should have a winnable I mean, chance. Kalimina isn't like like the best, uh, you know, a hardcore player. I, I, I see her more as a as a clay quarter. Also, I mean, yeah. since the injury that she suffered in in Rome, she hasn't really won. Uh, like, she hasn't really had any good wins, particularly. So, I I think Brady has a pretty decent chance to make a winning return to the WTA Tour here. Yeah, John is also showing us a poll of who's winning WTA Washington. It seems like all of these top seats have pretty tough draws. I have to say, Garcia playing Andrescu or Kostiuk in the second round—that's crazy. Uh, I guess Goff has it a little easier, but then again, do you really trust her? And Agula playing Kenin, or then maybe Svitolina or Kasatkina in the fir- in the quarters. It seems like a very strong event. I guess most WTA 500s recently have been pretty insane. So, yeah, I mean the the, the men's they made a, a 48 draw, so it's a lot more watered down. Yeah. Uh, here you you really have so many great first rounds. I mean, of course, tonight uh, at like one a.m. I'll probably be asleep, but we're going to get Svitolina Azarenka, which is going to be great. Uh, you of course have you know golf potentially playing Pliskova in the second round. That's also not easy. 
so yeah, just just quite strong across the board here. And th this is actually the first time they play it as a combined event, right? Um, oh, maybe, we're 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 both are we're both are five hundreds. They 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 played it before. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So so in two thousand twenty two, there the the women's event showed up, and then, uh, but it was a two fifty. Okay, so it's like Hamburg. So they basically started playing it. Yeah. At well, the I mean, same they, time, they, they used to have that two. They used to have that two fifty even back in the day. But uh, was it but... at the same time though? Yeah. Same, same time. Yeah. Yeah, but uh -huh. so so it just wasn't in 2021. Okay, so so it basically disappeared off the tour in 2020, the women's event, and then returned mm -hmm. in 2022. Okay, yeah, so yeah. so um, yeah, confusing story there, but anyway, right now it's of course both the, the both WTA 500. I'd rather play in Warsaw than the humidity at the city open, says Ghosty. Um, yeah, but then again, you're already in the States, right. You're already getting uh, ready for the North American hardcore season, and if you want to, if you really want to stay in Europe this week, you have Prague as a as a female tennis player. Guard goes to, but um, well, if 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 that was if if that was the case, uh, you still have Prague in Europe. But I also understand why players don't really want to do it, right? Like I I I think if yeah, you I want mean, to, uh huh. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, yeah, no, no, no one really significant stayed behind for for Prague. Both Bo, Boskova is the top seed there. Yeah, uh, I think I think Boskova last team. last year, which is which is actually kind of telling. Last year, Boskova was when she when she won it. Of course, she was like the eighth seed or something like that, and now she is the mm -hmm. top seed. While her ranking, while it has improved, it hasn't improved all that much. I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah, Stintova will be there though. Con continues her farewell tour, uh, which will end at the U.S. Open. So that's that's something to potentially watch if you're going to be watching Prague. See a bit of Barbara Stintova. Absolutely. So uh, last year Prague was when um, about July, right? So she was about sixty-ish in the rankings back then. Uh, so right now she she is definitely a bit higher than that. But yeah, she would still be about the fourth seed or something. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely weaker than it was last year. But that's because the date is just closer, one week closer to the American American hardcore circuit. So, um, so yeah. that's the that's the problem there. And also, I guess the existence of WTA five hundred Washington, right? That also changes up the the power balance. Um, it makes it makes less sense for players to stay in Europe now that they have a bigger event there, I suppose. And um, yeah, it's 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 only really for players who who have to play qualifying, um, and 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 just wanted to uh, rather have the security of a of a main draw event. But yeah, it, it's, it's the fact that it, that it is a week later than last year that is that is definitely hampering Prague a little bit. Not sure why it is why it is the case. Um, I guess that's just what they had to settle for. Um, but yeah, um, anything, <laughs> anything else, basically? Uh, we've talked about Warsaw. Um, yeah, which, I, I, think we, I think we've said it all. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Like this video, share it, subscribe to the channel. We're nearing 3,000, as you see on the screen right now. Every day, getting closer. 
and you saw the amazing intro video which um if that didn't actually like convince you to start watching talking tennis on a regular basis i don't know what will uh if that didn't convince you then nothing i say can do um can do it for you so uh just just rewind yeah oh yeah john yes play it play it as an outro as well um and otherwise of course the the stream is gonna like the the, you know, the broadcast is still gonna be on the channel so you can watch this intro anytime you want yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure this will post it separately so you can loop it uh anything you want you can just have it have it on on repeat uh fall asleep to it if you can no no the emotions like it would be too much i don't think you could fall asleep with that it should be like something more ambient, relaxing to fall asleep to. This would actually get you going. If you, for example, um, are, are falling asleep at the wheel, <laughs> you you take out your phone and you watch the intro to uh, Talking Tennis shows. And then you're instantly going to be able to go all night without an energy drink. Yeah, if, if, you're, a tr- if you're a truck driver watching us right now, loop that loop that outro loop that intro oh yeah and so. tune into tune into atp weekly today uh i think it's vansh with um hanlon walsh maybe am i am i right uh, yeah john is just nodding so i am i am right it's gonna be vansh with it's like in a couple of hours so make sure to tune into that bye this video make sure you hit that like button don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis sports social podcast network it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.